Welcome to the Trevor Turnbull Show, where you'll hear vulnerable, honest stories that will inspire you to embrace your mess and live your best life. Welcome to the show, everyone. My guest today is Sarah May Ives. So Sarah and I met about four years ago, I want to say, at a mastermind event in Los Angeles that was hosted by Scott Oldford, somebody that both of us had invested in and spent a lot of time with as a guide, a mentor in our entrepreneurial journey. And I mentioned this to Sarah on the chat that we just had, that she had an energy to her that just seemed very uh, calming and it seemed very trustworthy and authentic. And uh, at that time, we didn't really know much about each other. But um, what I found out today on this conversation was that uh, Sarah was really in a transition point in her life and her business at that point, trying to figure out how to really share her gifts with the world. And quite frankly, not even, you know, have the skills to do so, but more just the belief that it was possible. And that was one of the things that she got from that. And um, it was just really great to reconnect with her because what she's created since that uh, event is a, a program, a mentorship program, a community for primarily women. She did mention that there is a handful of brave men that are also part of her program, but she really positions her offering towards women knowing that she has a background as a mom, as a single mom, uh, having gone through the challenges of relationships and everything in between, uh, raising young kids, and knowing that she ultimately wanted to be in control of her own destiny, her own finances, her own ability to live the life that she wanted to live. And that's what she does now in supporting other women to do the same thing. And it's primarily focused around ad management or like the different ad platforms, Facebook being the primary one. And I believe there's a handful of other ones that they focus on as well. But I felt like this was a really well-timed conversation, knowing that we're moving our family down to Costa Rica. And I get a lot of questions from people and not even questions, but just statements of, oh, man, that'd sure be nice to live down in paradise and be able to work still. I don't even know where to start. This is why I want to int- introduce people to Sarah and especially the women that may be watching this because, of course, there's women watching this. Why wouldn't there be, right? Because uh, this is somebody that you want to follow. This is somebody that you, I think, will feel an instant connection to. And Sarah brings a wealth of knowledge of not only the skills that a person would need to develop to be able to create that reality for yourself, to be able to up and quit your job and start doing this as a means to make money and create impact in the world, but then also how to face all of the challenges that you will face along the way, because there will be many, including how do you sell your services? What do you price it at? Um, you know, who do you turn to when you have questions where you don't even know what question to ask, but somebody's got an answer because they've been where you've been. Sarah is one of those people and the community that she's built is, is truly incredible. In fact, I met a, mu- a bunch of those people because I came and did a presentation and a talk to her community uh, a number of months ago here now, but yeah, I just am really looking forward to sharing this one with the world. She is one of the change makers that I believe will empower more women to truly live their best life and to k- take control of their own destiny and their finances. And yeah, you get to meet Sarah now, and I think you're really going to love it. So let's go ahead and give it a listen. All right, here we go, Sarah. It's so good to see you again. We haven't been in person together for what, three years, I think. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. Thank you for having me and inviting me. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. And that time, of course, I don't know about you, but it felt like it just went by like that. The last time I saw you was in California. (laughs) Yes, yes. Yeah, in LA, actually, which was a fun time, actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and there's only been a few things that have gone on in the world since then. Let me think here. Uh, actually, yeah, we won't get into all that. But but I was looking forward to chatting with you because I remember meeting you and just um, uh, really appreciated your, your energy. Oh, like, thank you. There's no other way to explain it where you're just kind of like, wow, I really like this person. Like, she's she's doing some cool stuff, but at the same time, she shows up with authenticity and vulnerability and she's leaning in and everything's not always perfect all the time, but she's willing to just to dive in. Right. That, that was my first impression of you anyways. And I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, of course. And I'm curious to, to chat with you here and really have the discussion around what's transpired since then, but then even what brought you to this place too, because the purpose of me creating this podcast is to just have inspiring, interesting conversations with people that I admire. 
And you're one of those people. And I think there's a lot of stuff that you could share here today. I think that would help a lot of people. So ah, I'm looking thank forward you. to this. Thank you so much. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, and I'll I'll get you to introduce yourself real quick here too, because everybody always asks me beforehand too, like, do you need my bio? And I always say, no, I don't need your bio because whatever your bio is is probably an, a, a manufactured version of who the person thinks they should be. True. I want the truth, you know. True. Who are you? Yeah. <laughs> and and really quick, but there's a quote by Brene Brown. I always start with just to ground everybody in that thought, which is, one day you will tell your story of how you overcame what you went through and it will be somebody else's survival guide. I love that. I don't know if you've ever heard that. Uh, No, I haven't, but I love that. That's really cool. Yeah. So with that, I'm going to stop talking and I'd love for you to uh, just introduce yourself as to who is Sarah. And then I'll take it from there and kind of dive into some of the pieces that I want to get into with you. Okay, sure. And you might not know this, but when we met at, at the in uh, California a few years ago, I already knew who you were. And I was actually surprised you were there because when I first started my business journey in 2017, well, actually the second first time, um, I actually tapped into the stuff you were doing with LinkedIn and stuff. So when I met you at that event, I'm like, oh, he that is so cool that he's here. And you were so, so nice and just as nice as I imagined you. So I'm, I'm really glad we connected um, at that time. So thank you. Okay. So who I am, um, I am an entrepreneur. I am an ads manager. I got my start actually in 2011 by starting all the wrong businesses. So I like to say I started all the wrong businesses. So the women that work with me can be a little bit more in tune with the right type of businesses to start. Um, so I got into ads management in 2018, um, meaning I ran ads for other companies and then I became a mentor as well. So now I do both. I do ads management and I also teach other women how to start their own success successful ads management businesses. And we've had a few brave men in the program as well. So, mm. mm-hmm. yeah, I've had the pleasure of meeting a number of them before too. They were, uh, sponges for information. They were just there to try and figure out this whole digital world that we're living in here. And, and many of them were, were kind of just, just starting out. They were taking a leap of faith almost, you would say, you know, like, who would you say is the typical person that comes to you and, and, and works with you now as a mentor and in the programs that you have? Like, what does that person look like? Well, it's definitely women who want to live life a little bit differently. So someone who wants to get started with a business, a little bit unsure about what to start. I also help women that have already started businesses that may not have taken off um, and they're struggling to get traction. So those are the two most common uh, groups of people that I work with um, in terms of helping them get traction and momentum and identifying the levers they can pull to, to actually get successful and you know, quit their job or be around more for their family and honestly just get enough resources to be able to do that. Um, and to just truly help people in a valuable way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I want to dig into the why side of that. Cause I was looking at some of your contents and even how you've positioned yourself through your website and all that kind of stuff. And sure. There's talk on there about the tactical things of like, these are the skills that you need to develop and how to go and get business and create this new life for yourself. But Ultimately, there has to be an underlying why. And I know both of us have been down that journey. That was partially why we were in California was to figure out some tactics and then realize like, oh, this is actually much deeper than just all of the functions of a business, isn't it? We're still human beings with emotions and all kinds of things that will stop us right in our tracks if we don't, if we're not attentive to it. And yeah, absolutely. um, Yeah, for sure. And the, so on that note, let me back it up a little bit because you said you started in this space in like 2011. What got you into this online space? Like what were you doing before that? And what was the trigger event that said, I'm going to go and figure this out? Sure. So I went to school for years. I, I got a master's degree in anthropology, one of the most useless degrees. It's very interesting, but kind of useless for getting a job. Um, and I basically did that because I didn't, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I loved it, but I also truly just didn't want to go into the boring, mundane adult life of just working at the office. Um, my parents were entrepreneurs, but they pushed me to be, to get an education and to get a good job. And I got that and hated it. So I actually worked in a hospital for close to a decade, um, in the research department, doing research, coaching people to reduce the risk of heart disease. So I hated it. I, I liked components of it, but overall, I just found myself filled with dread. Um, and 
the way that I was going to get out of it, or at least have a, a break from it was I got pregnant with my husband at the time. And he and I had this agreement that I would actually stay at home for at least the first few years and then maybe uh, go back to work part time when my son started school. Um, but three weeks after my son was born, um, you know, we, he just, he told me he was leaving. Um, and we, and I, I was faced with divorce. So that idea of being that, uh, hands-on stay at home mom was suddenly taken away from me. So that, put me into overdrive. And I was like, okay, I got to do something. I cannot be going to work, you know, for 10 hours a day, going to pick him up from daycare. Um, and it just like kept me wide awake at night with anxiety, thinking I would spend more time at work with my coworkers and I would see this new human being that I had created. So um, that's how it all started. And I got into the online business space. I watched Marie Forleo in her really early days on her channel. And I was like, Boom. I'll start my own business. Yes. This could be, you know, this could be the golden key to freedom. Um, that's not how it went, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it typically doesn't. I know I have a similar journey too. And, uh, it's funny you say that too, because I remember back in the 2009, 2000 to, to 2012 kind of days. And you think of like Gary Vaynerchuk and even, and Lewis, Lewis Howes and stuff who I worked with for a little bit back then. But, Everybody was still just trying to figure it all out and they were just kind of launching things and, and, you know, gaining followings. And there was this army of people that didn't necessarily even know each other. Like we didn't know each other, but we we're, we we're down the same path of there's, there's gotta be another way here. Maybe somebody has cracked this nut before and figured it out. So I can not maybe eliminate the mistakes along the way because it's part of the journey, right? But maybe make a few less mistakes along the way and make it less painful. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And what's, uh, so, you know, fast forwarding past then, then too, when we met in 2019, I want to say maybe 18, even where were you at, at that point? Cause you know, you and I both came to that weekend with an understanding that Scott Oldford was going to present his, I think it was, uh, the six pillars of business over the weekend. And it was speaking to all of these areas of like marketing and finance and operations and, and all of this stuff. And I'd be curious, like, where were you at with your business back then? And yeah, what did you take away from that weekend? And then we'll talk about from there till now. Yeah, that was an amazing weekend. It was during the transition. So at that point I had already, so what happened with my other business, the raw food business I did for five years, realized it was tough to make money. Um, I quit that, went back to work, got my life back, met someone else. And then deja vu happened. I got pregnant again with my daughter who I was ecstatic to have. But then again, it was the panic of like, how can I send her to daycare? And I, I didn't want to do that. So I got back into the, let's start another business. Only this time around, I'm like, I'm not going to make the same mistakes I made last time. Um, but I kind of did. And then I quickly didn't. I hired someone to run my ads. And through hiring her, I and by the way, she ran perfectly great ad campaigns, but what I was selling, people didn't really want. Um, at least at that time I had, I think at that time I had a copywriting business and it's tough to get started as a copywriter and get paid well to do it. Um, but I had hired her to help me with those ads and I realized the value of what she did for me. Um, and through that experience, I'm a practical person and I was like, you know what? I am having so much trouble getting this copywriting thing going. Why don't I just do ads management to pay the bills until I can go on with that? And I fell in love with ads management once I started doing it. So at the time we met at the event a few years ago, I had already, uh, had already been doing my ads management business for a couple of years at that point. I'd quit my job. I was making really decent money every month. Um, I had built a small team um, of just one or two people at that time, two, I think. Um, and at that time, I'd been doing it a couple of years. And you know, as an entrepreneur, you're always evolving. And at, at that point, I was like, well, I like what I'm doing, but I don't see myself having an ads agency with, you know, 15 employees and 50 clients. I want to diversify a little bit, still do the ads management because I love it. It's my bread and butter, but also get into a, to a different space. And that's what brought me to Scott's event where I met you where, um, and he really opened my eyes to the possibilities and led me down this path of, of where I am now. So I'll forever be, be grateful to the work I did with Scott. Um, really amazing. Yeah. Was there anything from that weekend that, uh, that really stood out to you as far as those six pillars that he spoke about? Was there any one thing maybe where you were kind of resistant to and thinking, Ooh, I know I need to lean into this one, but I don't like it. Does anything come up what? for you? Yeah. You know, honestly, 
it was more like the imposter syndrome that I was dealing with because I had been in the ads management space for so long. And when he said to me, well, why don't you try teaching it as well? My first reaction was like, God, no, I couldn't do that. I mean, I, yes, I'm an ads manager. Yes, I've run million dollar campaigns, but how could I teach other people? And he's like, well, how could you not? You've had some great success. So it, it's really for me was he gave me the permission to honestly just go for it. Um, and so that was life changing, obviously, because I was like, yeah, I guess I could. I mean, why not? So and that led to to today where I'm super grateful. I didn't listen to those little voices that said, oh, you can't do that. Oh, you're an imposter. And I, I just went for it. So, yeah, yeah, there's many moments like that along the journey, isn't there? And they don't ever seem to go away. They you just get a little bit more adaptive to uh, moving through Correct. it or yeah, yes. <laughs> not listening to that voice. Totally. <laughs> Even when everything around you might say that you're being crazy too, you know, like it's, it's challenging when people are in their lives and they have family or friends or whatever that are saying, are you really going to go do that? You, you have kids. Yes. Have you experienced that along the way as well? Oh my God. So much. <laughs> I mean, not just with the second business that's been successful, but even with my first business, five years of slogging away at, you know, doing raw food classes on the weekend. Um, I like to say for many years, I was like the family joke. I actually am very fortunate to have a really supportive family, but my extended family, like I was the family joke, like what Sarah, what business is Sarah doing now? Is it the raw food, the health coaching, the Reiki coach, the this, the that, the copywriter, like what's she up to now? Um, so I dealt with that for a long time and uh it was tough but you know like you said i you get kind of used to be calling crazy you get used to being called crazy so well I may as well keep going and, and truly it's like an urge that would never go away as much as i tried to just be like just be happy with what you have just go to work just enjoy those petty spats at work like with people stabbing you in the back and having a boss that's super mean to you like just get used to that and be grateful for the good things but i could never do that because fundamentally i just I believe, I know now I wasn't meant to deal with that. I, I just, you know, there's, there's something more. So that's, those are the people that I like to help to. They're like, I feel like there's something more and I just don't know how to, to get started. Yeah. So let's talk about that. What you ultimately created in, you know, around that time and, um, and the community that you've built and the support that you provide for people and what it's creating in their lives as well. Maybe just speak to that. Like, what does this look like? And the perspective that I want, um, you to come with on this too is, you know, I have family members or friends even too, who will say adamantly, well, I can't do that right now because of all the things you just said, right? It's like, well, the security of the income and, you know, well, I don't even know where to start and who do I trust? Like, it seems like there's so much information in this world. There's a million guides and mentors and coaches you could ultimately attach yourself to. What does that look like for you? And, and, um, and what is it created for the people that you've worked with? Okay. So, you know, overall, I started a couple of two years ago. Um, I think we're, I think we're approaching three years, honestly, of doing, uh, the mentoring as well. So showing women how to start ads management businesses. Um, now we've had over a thousand women, uh, join the program. The community is something that I would have, it's gone beyond my wildest dreams in terms of how well the community, like I didn't know the program would be such a big success. But then on top of that, I had no clue in the world that I would meet so many amazing women. Um, and I think in the way that I wish I had had this community when I had started, because I think I would have succeeded much faster because I do believe, you know, in addition to having the right tools, you cannot get far unless you have people that are, you know, encouraging you. Um, like the first ads management client that I got, I pitched six, I pitched like a, a $12,000 contract. It was uh, $6,000 USD for month one, and then 2000 each month thereafter with a three month contract for the client. And remember at that time, I was like, oh, I can't charge that. Like that, that seems like a ridiculous amount. And I was just speaking to like an online friend that I had met Craig through the program that I had taken. And he's like, just, just ask 6,000. I mean, you have nothing to lose. She says, no, no big deal. And I was like, you know what? You're totally right, Craig. I'm going to do that. Go back to the call. I pitched that. And she said, yes. And I fell off my chair. I'm like, oh my goodness. Like, so that's, the power of people believing in you. And if he hadn't have said that to me, I, I wouldn't have done it. I probably would have undercharged or um, maybe not pitched at all. So I really feel like the community is really an essential is getting started in, in as a business owner. Um, 
even though honestly, there are a lot of entrepreneurs in the world, it's not really the norm right now. So it's important to surround yourself by people that have the same goals, dreams, desires. Um, Another thing I wanted to share is, you know, growing up, I wanted to be a doctor and my dad always said, Sarah, you know what, do something a little more practical, be like a teacher. He really wanted me to be a teacher, even though I wanted to do something like be a doctor. Um, At one point I told him I wanted to be a writer. He said, oh God, no, don't do that. Be a teacher. Anyway, when I went through the anthropology degree, got a job at the uh, hospital and uh, I started working with doctors all the time, of course, in the assistant role. Like I was their assistant doing their research projects, writing reports, but I was around so many doctors that I started to feel like being a doctor was actually no big deal. And I remember having a couple conversations with my different bosses who were successful family doctors that, Hey, it's no big deal. You just like a lot of it is just clinical. There's nothing like uh, there's, it's not rocket science. You study a book and you you get some practical experience, but family, being a family doctor is a practice. That's why they call it a practice because you're learning every day. So through that experience of, you know, exposing myself to that, it suddenly becomes more tangible and it's not so magical and, and, and untouchable. It's like my dad came from the generation where, oh, they, they're too good for us. We, we could never do that. Um, so in the exact same way, even uh, exposing yourself to other people who want businesses and know what's possible, it, it makes it possible for you. So it's like, it's definitely like air if you're wanting to get started. Sorry, I went off on a huge tangent there, but I'm passionate about it. Yeah, no, it's perfect. I love it. And it, this is what I like about doing podcasts in general is just having conversations that allow the person to just kind of bleh. And then you pick up on something and go, oh, we got to go a little deeper on that. And something came up, something came up too, because again, I think about the person that maybe listens to this and goes, Hmm, I kind of like that Sarah person. And I've been thinking about doing this. I think I can trust her and I'm going to go and explore this whole thing. And there's two main buckets that I'm thinking of. One is the skills, right? So if somebody is thinking they're working a job, they don't like their boss, they're dealing with the, you know, the cattiness, the, uh, the backstabbing at, at work, you know, just to paint that terrible picture in people's minds. And they think there's got to be another way. And I see other people doing it. And I see people moving to Costa Rica and Mexico and wherever. You can live wherever you want when you do this stuff in the online space. And then you look at the everything and you think, well, I don't know anything about this. So you need to build the skills. And then the second part is, is how do I actually sell this too? And you referenced that a minute ago saying, you know, having somebody that said, yeah, just ask 6,000 for it. And there's a thing that I think that happens in people's brains where they think, well, how is that even possible? Like, how, how could I could I even do that? And my question is, when people come in, where do you focus first? Do you focus on like, let's just go build the skills and this is how long it's going to take? Or do you say, look, we need to get you building the skills, but you have to go and sell these services. Otherwise, you're going to go broke before you even get a chance to execute on the skills. What's What's been your approach on that? Okay. Well, I am a very practical person. So I like it when people aren't coming at it from like from a place of desperation. So sometimes people will come into the program and say, uh, should I quit my job? And honestly, my advice is no, keep it, keep doing both right now. Get your, like your nest egg of savings worked up so that if needed, say you, cause that's always the way I worked. I just wanted enough savings so I could take three months off because I knew no matter what, I could get back my old job in about three months or a comparable job. So that would give me the leeway to do that without feeling like I was jumping off a cliff in terms of how I need to provide for my family and show up that way. So I think maybe a small percentage of people work well under that type of pressure where they're like, I got to do it, you know, broke or this or bust or something like that. Um, but I find for the majority of people, it really helps to have multiple things going. Um, so for a couple of reasons, you're able to be, to learn a little bit slower, um, and just take the time that you need. And then you're not coming from selling from a place of desperation because we all know how horrible it feels to be on a sales call and feeling like, okay, I got to make this happen. I'm desperate to make it happen. It doesn't have the same energy and vibe. So the answer to your question is we start off by teaching them the skill. Some people are working. A lot of people are working. There are some people that are like stay at home moms and they're able to kind of juggle working like they are still working, honestly, you know, looking after kids and stuff, but divvying up their schedule. So they're doing a little bit of the program, uh, learning the skill, and then we give them a time frame. So basically after 90 days, we have all the materials sorted so that in theory, in month two, 
they're ready to get their clients and many, many people do at that point. Um, so that's kind of how we do the timeline expectations around learning the skill. Um, and then doing it. And, and, and honestly, there's different levels of learning. You come in at first, watch all the videos, take notes, and then you go into the second, which is testing all this stuff on yourself, setting up your own campaigns. And then the third level of learning is now I've got a client and you're going to relearn everything again. So there's definitely continued levels of learning um, and probably mastery after the six months or even a, a year, or honestly, even more. I'm still learning every day. So yeah. For sure. I don't know if I fully answered your question, but yeah, that's, you, no, you yeah. did for sure. And you brought me down another uh, train of thought, which is when, when people come into the, a program like this and they're learning the skills, but at the same time, they're moving towards executing on themselves so that they can really apply this in the real world. And then taking on that first client, do you suggest that they uh, do the first few jobs for free or at a discount, or do you go straight into, no, look, this is the rate that you're going to charge and you need to hold strong and, uh, and push through that side of the limitations, which a lot of times is the imposter syndrome that you were speaking of, right? Cause you just referenced the fact that even me and you with the success that we've had in different programs and stuff, we're constantly evolving mm -hmm. and constantly learning yeah. Yeah. and making Completely. mistakes and falling down and getting back up and everything in between. Right. Exactly. Yeah. The, the short answer is no. We've had a lot of people in the program immediately charge and charge the proper rate. And I think the key is tapping into a community because the women that are in my program, we literally meet several times a week. Like they have direct face to face. I know their names. We work on the ad accounts all the time. Um, so because they're tapping into me and the support, um, I feel in good faith that they should charge what their worth is because the work they're doing, um, is not just bumbling around and figuring things out they're they're also investing in support and a team um, so that we can help them to navigate those issues and to fix any things that come up so what i'm saying is even though yes many of them are beginners the work they're doing is still immensely valuable and if they run into any hiccups or problems they've got me and i will hop in and help them figure out how to make things better so there are some people, though, who have a lot of networking opportunities and they will get started at a reduced rate. And by the way, I never recommend people saying that they're, you know, if someone, they should always disclose where they're at in their journey. I never uh, tell them not to. That being said, you still know that you're, what your worth is um, in terms of the value that you provide. So overall, yes, they can charge right away. There are some people that have maybe networking opportunities and they do offer it at a bit of a reduced rate at the beginning. Um, but many people don't even have to do that. It's really just in knowing the right sales process to position you as the authority and knowing that you absolutely have the skills to help. Um, even the sales process alone that I teach the students in my program, um, it's like a 30 question checklist. And most business owners that are on the calls with us, they've never heard some of these questions before, like simple questions, like what's your average order value? What's your average customer lifetime value? Um, you know, all these questions are questions that many people haven't even thought of from a business perspective. So it is a little bit humbling for business owners when they do hop on the call and they get asked all these questions. They're like, huh, don't know that. I'll, I'll get back to you on that. Okay. Great question. I'll get back to you on that. It's like, so we still have a, a tremendous value, even as beginners, if you're, um, you know, investing in a, in a program that teaches you to do it, it properly and you have support. Mm -hmm. That's my opinion. Yeah. Um, I referenced earlier that I wanted to talk about connecting to your why, and I do want to understand what you do with your, with your students too, on connecting them to the why. So it's not just a money thing or just a, I want to leave my job thing. Cause those make those make up pieces of it, of course. Like, you can't ignore it. It's like, yeah, of course, you want financial freedom and you don't want to have to answer to anybody. That's why people become entrepreneurs. But maybe speak from your own perspective. You know, how has your why evolved over the years? And, and where is it right now? What do you see for the vision for the future as well? There's a lot. I asked a lot of questions there. <laughs> yeah. Maybe start with the yeah, why yeah. and how your why mm -hmm. has evolved over time. 
Of course. And we do for all the students. The first thing they do is they fill out a questionnaire that said, what is that says, what is your why? And they submit it to us. So we have it on file um, because being an entrepreneur is just so hard. It's really hard to explain to people how hard it is. Um, it's like how people without kids, it's really hard to explain to them how tough kids are at the end of the day when you're mentally exhausted and the kids are still asking questions all the time. And you're like, oh, my God, I need a break. So uh, being an entrepreneur to me has been, you know, equally difficult at times um, because of the mental fortitude that you truly need to get through it. There are days where you want to quit, give up, where you you think like, oh my God, I'm a nutcase. Why did I do this? Um, and it's really growing that resilience muscle that is badly needed. And I say the only way you get through that is having a really clear why. Because if you don't, you will give up. Because there are days that are going to be tough. Um, so we absolutely um, make sure that we do emphasize, like, what is your why? Why are you doing this? Um, for me, my why started out with very just practical, right? Like I, I'm a creative person. Um, I wanted to be more creative and get paid to do that. Um, and then when my ex-husband left, I was just really wanted a practical way um, to make money so that I could have more time with my family. And then as my business became more successful, like I said, I fell in love with ads management and I fell in love with helping other businesses, walking them through the steps of marketing and how to get better ad campaigns and how to get more leads and sales. Those were huge passion points for me because not only was it helping their business to be more successful, it was helping them to change their lives. So everyone's business is so important to them precisely because it allows them to have the impact and change um, that that you want. So having that purpose of helping them was tremendously like invigorating. Um, and then today it's evolved to not just helping businesses thrive, but then helping women um, who need more uh, independence. Um, they need more agency in their personal life. Um, I speak to many women who say, I've got to ask my husband permission if I can do this. And truth be told, makes me feel um, sad, to be honest. Not sad for them. Maybe they're in a life that, that's great. But overall, if I were in a marriage where I had the husband permission to spend money, I, I don't know if I could do that. So a big part of my why is helping women to gain more independence and just be able to say, you know, hey, honey, I've got this idea. I want to do it. I'm going to do it this way. And this is my plan versus being in a position where they don't have the personal agency to be like, hey, I want to do this. I, I want more freedom. So really my, the bigger mission is how many women can I empower to have their own businesses, to make their own money? That doesn't mean that that money won't be shared, um, but just to really give them uh, empower really. Um, so that, that's kind of my bigger why. I love that. Um, and the natural follow-up that I have to that too, is you've built this community to create that support system and the tactical strategies and all of that kind of stuff for these women. And I love the why it obviously is very grounded in your own experience in the last 10, 15 years and what you went through and and what you wish maybe you would have had at that time, right? Like that's always makes the best uh, programs to join too, because you can really connect with the founder and the person and their story. Uh, where do you turn to now for that kind of support? Knowing that you're constantly evolving being and you're always leveling up that, that vision and that mission. Uh, what is it for you? Where, where do you, where do you turn right now to find your, your tribe? <laughs> Okay. That's a great question. Um, <laughs> with the, you know, the events in the last couple of years, like previously we were tapping into events like Scott's event and, um, truth be told, I'm just kind of getting back into that, but it has been a big gap in the last couple of years, not being able to travel, go anywhere. Um, yeah. So right now I'm actually in discussions with some groups, but like to join, but I, I truly don't have that community right now. Um, the more money you make, the less people you can take advice from. So it just um, becomes a little bit trickier to get qualified advice the more, you know, success you have. Um, so I would say the women in my program and the sales team, my team overall, 
I get as much from them as they get as much from me. So, I mean, just in terms of what I'm doing now, um, I feel so much support, honestly, from them. Um, my team and the women in my community make me want to be a better person. Um, so really on a daily basis, I'm working on ways of how can I show up to be a better person? I'm a huge information, um, consumer of, you know, smart information. I love like podcasts like Ed Milet. I read a lot. I truly believe readers are leaders. Um, I find if I don't keep my brain fresh in that way, I have nothing useful to share with people. I get into that funk of like, well, what could I even say today? Whereas at least if I'm constantly taking in quality information, and I pay very close attention to where I take information from. I no longer mindlessly scroll, um, that kind of stuff because it leads us down a rabbit hole. Um, so I'm just very intentional about the information I take in. Yeah. And I have a couple really good friends from, um, my earlier days in the ads agency that I do communicate with. So I don't have any big mastermind groups that I'm a part of right now, but I do get the support I need in, in those ways. Yeah, I'm glad. Well, I appreciate you sharing all of that and, and, uh, and the truth of all of it too. Cause a lot of times I think people don't recognize what's even immediately around them with your team and your community and whatnot. We always seek outside validation for the next step when actually you have some amazing people. It sounds like around you that are there to lift you up, even though they look to you as the leader. Um, you see equal inspiration from how they show up every single day. And yeah, that's how we sh yeah, that's how we should be operating, isn't it? Constant evolution, all of us wanting to live best life. What does that mean exactly? It's not just a money game. It's also how we show up every day. Um, and I just started asking this question on the last interview that I did, and I'm going to ask you as well. Is there anywhere in all of this vision that you've talked about and where you are currently right now, where you feel like you're out of alignment or maybe out of integrity with the vision of who you know you are destined to become? and who you are today? That's a tough question. Okay, so your question is, is am I out of alignment with, with where I want to go? Yeah, so let me rephrase it. Yeah, okay. I see. No, no, it's a good question. I just wanted to make sure I understood it. <laughs> no, yeah, okay, then yeah. go ahead and answer. I, I have a little bit more to add to that, but I think you, you know where I'm going with that. Um, if I'm being totally honest, I, my family life is, is really the place where, um, from a business perspective, things are going I could have ever imagined. And I just work my day to keep going because I believe success is borrowed, not permanent. Right? So I'm always trying to get better. Business is going, um, the, the company is doing really well overall. Um, I feel much more confident than I ever have in the past in terms of what I can contribute to the world and the people I can help. I also feel uh, amazing about um, being my two kids. Um, that's all going well. I would say the one piece is out of alignment. And I mean, I am currently going through um, a, a separation with my partner. So that's something that I've been dealing with mentally for years. Um, it's been a really kind of a tough thing evolving as an entrepreneur. Um, there's unfortunately people that get left behind. And so part of, to be totally honest with you, something that has been tough is I, I have been going through a separation. I just moved into a brand new house, um, by myself. So that is something that I struggled with for a long time. And then I thought, it, I need that to be in alignment because I hated showing up for women, giving them all kinds of advice, yet feeling afraid that I couldn't leave my partner, even mm. though I really wanted to, um, because for so many reasons. So it, it's not a business thing, but that's that's the honest answer in terms of, of where I'm at. Yeah. Mm. Well, I appreciate the vul vulnerable honesty in that share because... I truly believe, and it's another reason why I'm doing this podcast is, is, you know, it was always kind of grounded in this idea of the truth. Let me go seek the truth. What does that mean exactly? And it's brought me down many a rabbit hole, um, not only on the business side of things, but also even in questioning, like, what is death? You know, like going really deep, like, what does it mean when you die? No. And then you're like, <laughs> religion and spirituality. And you're like, oh my God, do I really want to do this? But, yeah. um, I think you brought up an important, uh, piece there too, which is as you ask those questions or as you go deep and you start to consider, you know, what truly makes me happy and can I actually show up for others in service while I'm going through my own shit, that is the most important stuff I believe that we can be doing is to just vulnerably be honest about it and know that, um, 
Yes, you still have to run an efficient program and you still need to support people and get them results and all that kind of stuff. But they ultimately want to know you're, you're human and you have your flaws too. And that you're, you're just trying to figure it out like the rest of us. And I think that's what people are looking for in that authenticity is, is to speak the truth and know that it's another phase and not everybody will go with you. That was the big thing that I heard you say is that not everybody will go with you. And that's really scary for people sometimes, especially if they're sitting, listening to this right now, watching this at 10 PM at night, I'm going to paint a picture right now. Somebody's sitting on their couch watching this at 10 PM and they're thinking about how much they really want to leave that job. And they're like, I really like this Sarah person. I can't talk to my husband about this. He needs to approve all the finances. And they're at that point where they just make a decision saying, no, I'm going to move in this direction and know that my life will probably never be the same again. And there's two ways to look at it. One, like, oh my God, my life will never be the same again. Or like, oh my God, my life's never going to be the same again. This is incredible. And lean into it, right? But it's, but it's scary and it's painful and it hurts along the way. It's true. It can be. I mean, I look at it. It's not even a, a result of just business alone. It's almost like, you know, how we go through seasons with friends as well. Like when you've got kids, when your kids are this age, you have these friends and then you move through. So part of it, it is just honestly the natural evolution of life. And even if I weren't a business owner, I, I do think, um, yeah, hard to say, but overall, I think the, the, the take home for the people that are scared is that it doesn't all happen at once. It's an evolution. And Here's the best analogy I can give you. When divorce happened, when my son was super small, I was, I was seeing a counselor who's super helpful. And she said, um, I said to her, I'm so afraid of raising a teenager. I can't do that. Like I'm just terrified at night. I could never raise a teenager. And she said, Sarah, I totally get that. Do you think 10 years from now you might be able to raise a teenager? I was like, yeah, that totally makes sense. So don't feel like so overwhelmed Exactly. Don't feel so overwhelmed that say some people do come in your life and other people leave. Um, it's not something that all happens at once. And as we go, we get more tools and we're more equipped so we can make the big, brave changes that we were afraid to make when we were in a different place. So I would say it's just been overall really em empowering. So, um, yeah, it's been a, a blessing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And really quickly, I didn't even ask you, you're, you're in Toronto right now, aren't you? I'm in Ottawa, actually. Oh, you're in Ottawa. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. What does the vision yeah. for that look like for you? Do you envision yourself staying in Ottawa for, for a while? Or do you have aspirations to move around and go to different places or anything like that? So in the last year, I've been rapidly making up for two years of not traveling. And I've been to many places, Florida, California, um, Grand Canyon. Um, I absolutely do want to relocate. Now, I'm in a special position where I share custody with kids. So I can't uh, just up and move. If I could, I actually would. I'd do the Costa Rica thing like tomorrow if I could. Um, but obviously I share custody with my son's dad, who who is a great dad. So I am mindful of that. What I do in lieu of that is I'll be just traveling a lot. So I do like last month, uh, last year, I probably travel for three months out of the year. Um, and I'll, I'll aim to do the same this year too. So, um, but I've got the five year plan for sure to, to go somewhere warmer because I, I cannot deal with the winter. I'm not a winter person at all. And I've been here, you know, for all 41 years, I've lived with the snow and sleet and I'm ready to, to stop that. Yeah. I hear you. Whenever people ask us to like, why are you going to Costa Rica? We the, usually the quick answer is why not? Like, of course, why wouldn't we go there? But then the longer answer is, uh, yeah, the winters have just, I left Saskatchewan 12 years ago because I was like, I can't handle these winters. I'll at least go to the West coast and try and find a milder winter. But every time I've been down South, like to Mexico or wherever, I always think, why am I leaving? Like, why, why can't I just build a life that puts me here <laughs> permanently? And I remember asking that question like 14 years ago and, and then just moved in that direction knowing that I didn't even know exactly how to make that happen. I just knew that I needed to surround myself with other people that had similar aspirations. I needed to find people that had been there and done that. I needed to listen to their advice, but also trust my own intuition to know what's right for me because nobody ultimately has all the answers for you. You got to figure out a lot of this stuff on your own. 
And, uh, and yeah, I'm just grateful that I got to meet people like you along the way too, because we're doing some cool stuff. And ultimately the why is, is very grounded in trying to help other people live their best lives too. And that's my last question that I have for you actually too, is what is the one thing that you're most grateful for right now in this moment? Okay. That's a big question. I am grateful for so many things. Um, I think the, the number one thing is just the number of people that believe in me and that have allowed me to help them. Um, really, I'm just so grateful to have the community that I've built and all the amazing women that are a part of it. Um, without a doubt, it, it's been totally life changing. Um, they say to me like, Oh, you've changed my life. I'm like, you have no clues. You've changed my life too. So if I had to pick one, that is what I would, would say is the top of the top. Well, that's a good one. That's a good one. Cause even in my own experience of running programs and whatnot too, it can, it can get very easy to kind of look at it from a perspective of like, what's next, what's next, keep growing, keep growing, but to actually step back and just be grateful of all the people along the journey that have, uh, that have supported you and didn't even know it to get to where you are right now. It's a great acknowledgement. Mm -hmm. I love that one. Totally. Yeah. I mean, that's a really important point though. As entrepreneurs, we get ideas all the time. I've had many ideas in the last, um, you know, few years. I'm an idea person all the time. I'm sure you are too, right? Um, the way, the way success is had though is I am, it's without a, a doubt, you've got to focus on what's already working. A a lot of time businesses or people will come to me now, the women on the calls come in and say, well, my client wants to do X, Y, Z. What should I do? Well, what is working right now? The, the fastest lever you can pull is how am I, what is successful right now and do more of that. Um, and that's something that Scott Oldford was instrumental as well is because I'd often go to him and be like, Hey, should I do this? Should I do this? He's like, no, keep doing what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. And by keep doing what I'm doing, I've now grown to, you know, where it is now. Um, and it wouldn't have happened if I had been focusing on something else. So I feel like that's, there's a book called the one thing, which you probably have heard of, but it's really wise because it's, it's like, focus on one like thing. Literally right Don't, beside oh, me as I'm God, doing this interview. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, totally. And I think that's the thing too. And I, I help women in my program because they'll be like, well, Sarah, now I know how to do ads management. Maybe I should do VIP days. Maybe I should do this. Just focus on the ads management right now. Um, get some clients, get some traction, get some savings. Um, and then you never know what will come years later. But um, that's one of the best uh, things that you can do is, is obviously the focusing on the one thing. Yeah. I love that piece of advice too, because I know you just described me because you knew, because you and I are very similar, right? It's like, I get ideas all the time and it's actually very disruptive around me. Like my wife at times, like I'll come to her and say, I had an idea and she'll be like, Oh God, what now? You know? And I'm like, no, no, no. It's not like one of those life-changing massive pivots. It's, you know, and whatever. Right. But that I've learned to navigate that a bit too, to know that the one thing to me is about the focus but you can make small little adjustments as you go, right? It's, it's the massive ones that create big disruption in your personal life. That's been my experience anyways. Uh, like the redefining of self and all of that kind of stuff. But, um, I'm glad you said that though, because I think it is important, right? It's, there's a lot of shiny objects out there and there's a lot of maybe looking at somebody else and going, Ooh, that looks like it's working really well. Maybe I should. And when you have people that can go, yeah, no, that is really shiny. Hey, but like, just get back over here. This thing right here is working. And you said you needed to get to 15 K a month to create freedom. So let's get you to 15 K and then you can go do that little side project thing. Yeah. And a lot of times it's self-sabotage. They, they don't realize it, but they're afraid of, of putting themselves out there. And they're like, as a distraction, the brain is like, oh, wait, maybe I'll do this and that. And maybe I'll work on my logo. Maybe I'll make my website look a little like if I, I've had some women. They've taken nine months to do their website. And I've done this too with my first business, the raw food. It took, I like learned WordPress. I built my own website. It took me like a year. Like, did that move the needle in my business? Not at all. Um, but it was a very effective distraction from getting me to just do the work of putting myself out there and just doing something and just, and just going for it. So spitting the truth. Yeah. It's a huge component. Yeah. No, <laughs> and oh, the other thing I want yeah, to mention, yeah, please. Oh, sorry. No, go no, no. It. I'm done. You go ahead. Uh, 
when the students come into my program too, I like to say to them at the beginning, you don't have to do this forever, but go on an information diet right now. You have decided to become an ads manager. Um, as much as possible, take my advice and go on an information diet for everyone else. Cut out the podcast, cut out all the other YouTube videos. Just focus a hundred percent on this for 90 days. Give me your attention for 90 days because that will give you the highest odds of success. Um, because Facebook ads work well. You, you see all kinds of different things and and that's when you start to uh, to wander, and that's where it cuts into your um, the time it takes to become successful. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Mark, all, all related to the bigger point. Totally, focus. yeah. Marketers are really smart. You know, as soon as you dive into this world and you commit to Sarah's program, and you still watch the feed or look at stuff. The algorithms are going to feed you why TikTok is actually where you should be and Facebook is dead and or YouTube is the you know what I mean? Like it never ends. Totally. But yeah, that focused commitments in one direction, knowing that this isn't a lifetime. You can pivot later, but there's some foundational skills that you're teaching these women and a handful of brave men as you described it. And I think it's incredible. And yeah. <laughs> I, um, I feel grateful to be able to be a part of helping just spread the word on this. Cause that's ultimately what my, what, uh, what I believe I'm here to do too, which is just amplify the impact of the people that are making change in this world. And if you can help more people create that independence for themselves or come hang out with me and my family and our kids down in Costa Rica, then I'm all about that. That's, that's why I'm here. So this is a piece of it. Oh, I'd yeah, love this- that. I'd love that. Yeah. I love that. If you guys were ever to do that, I would, I would totally come. So thank you so much for, for your time and everything. Absolutely. Yes. We will see you down in Costa Rica. So before I let you go though, tell everybody how they can connect with you, find out more about all the stuff we were talking about and that, that first step that they should take in order to figure out how this can actually be real in their life as well. Oh, of course. So I have a ton of resources on my website, sarahmayives.com. It's with an H and May is M-A-E, ives.com, how it sounds. Um, you remember Alicia that we met in California. Yep. I've actually worked with her too, and she coached me through writing oh, a book, actually. So I do now have a, a book that you can either buy a hard copy on Amazon or you can go to my website. It's called the no fluff business, 90 days to more money, freedom and success. Um, and you can also get a free copy on my website. Um, if you go there as well. So that's sort of how you can learn a bit more about my journey. I've also got free guides, everything on, on the website as well, or I'm on Instagram a lot, Sarah May Ives, um, and Facebook, TikTok, everywhere, YouTube. Awesome. I'll make sure to link all that up. And I did notice, (laughs) yeah, I did notice that you wrote a book and (laughs) it came out uh, at the end of last year. And I was going to ask you, you know, how did you get that done? Correct. Yeah. Cause Alicia actually came with me. I invited her to that event, um, at Scott's event there. I've Oh, that's so cool. Oh, you guys know each other. Yeah. I've known her for about eight years. We did a leadership program together where both of us showed up with resistance and kind of like, I don't really need this work. I'm doing just fine. And then we just kind of broke all of those um, yeah. preconceived ideas of who we were supposed to be and started showing up in a different way. And yeah, it's been awesome to see her growth. And that's amazing. I, I love the fact that she supported you on that book as well, because it's another piece of the puzzle to get it out to the masses yeah. and have people just wake up and realize that, hey, you can have a different life if you choose to do it. And just pick the right guides. And I am here to say that I highly advocate for you. So I will make sure that this gets out into the world. Uh-huh. Thanks, Trevor. All right. <laughs> thanks so yeah, much, Trevor. Thanks for doing this. And I look forward to seeing okay. you in person one of these days. Yeah, I look forward to it. Whenever you have a mastermind, I'll yes, be there. Costa Rica. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> All right. Thanks, okay. Sarah. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Trevor Turnbull Show. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please consider subscribing on my YouTube channel, as well as on your favorite podcast platform. So until next time, remember, today is a beautiful day of opportunity. Trust that you are exactly where you're supposed to be. So be grateful, be curious, and be brave. 